The text this morning comes from the book of Jonah, chapter 1, verses 1 through 17. Hear now the word of God. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it, because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa, where he found a ship bound for that port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind on the sea, and such a violent storm arose that the ship threatened to break up. All the sailors were afraid, and each cried out to his own God, and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below deck, where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. The captain went to him and said, How can you sleep? Get up and call on your God. Maybe he will take notice of us, and we will not perish. Then the sailors said to each other, Come, let us cast lots to find out who is responsible for this calamity. They cast lots, and the lot fell on Jonah. And so they asked him, Tell us, who is responsible for making all this trouble for us? What do you do? Where do you come from? What is your country? From what people are you? Jonah answered, I am a Hebrew, and I worship the Lord, the God of heaven, who made the sea and the land. This terrified them, and they asked, What have you done? They knew he was running away from the Lord because he had already told them so. The sea was getting rougher and rougher, and so they asked him, What should we do to you to make the sea calm down for us? Jonah replied, Pick me up and throw me into the sea, and it will become calm. I know that it is my fault that this great storm has come upon you. Instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Then they cried to the Lord, O Lord, please do not let us die for this man's life. Do not hold us accountable for killing an innocent man, for you, O Lord, have done as you pleased. Then they took Jonah and threw him overboard, and the raging sea grew calm. At this, the men greatly feared the Lord, and they offered a sacrifice to the Lord and made vows to him. But the Lord provided a great fish to swallow Jonah, and Jonah was inside the fish three days and three nights. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. Lord, may the words of my mouth and meditation of all of our hearts be pleasing in your sight. O Lord, our creator, our redeemer, and our sustainer. Amen. Amen. Well, it's here. I don't know about you, but ever since uh, Ash Wednesday, when I received the phone call from the district superintendent, every, ever since that, that Sunday, uh, the first Sunday in March, that it was announced that I was coming to Marlton United Methodist Church, I've, I've been prayerfully and, and excited and, and looking forward to the time that we could spend here. Of course, that was before COVID and before all the changes that happened in our environment, before the fact that, that I realized I'd be preaching here in my office and, and not in the sanctuary, not in the worship space at Marlton. Um, I had to spend the last, last couple of months saying goodbye to my churches um, in kind of the same way that Pastor Anna and Pastor Trey have been saying goodbye to this church from a distance, from a, 
from afar in, in my office to a to a camera screen not being able to to say goodbye to anyone not being able to hug people wearing a mask when we're when we're together or close by and and now as we are transitioning and now that I'm here it's even more difficult to to greet you to to introduce myself to you to learn who you are to we can't have a potluck and we can't have regular worship we can't sing our hymns in our space we can't sing our songs um we can't pray the way we normally would or have communion together the way we normally would. There, there are so many things that just don't feel right right now. But what I think happens from time to time is that this might be a wake-up call that we're experiencing. A chance for us to, to recenter and a chance for us to, to maybe refocus. A chance for us to, to look and see what is important and how we can build something new. How we can look forward into something new, how we can, we can look into the church and look into our personal lives and maybe find a way to do something just a little bit different. But in all of that newness and all the innovation and all the new time and all the, the, the new energy that we are seeing in the congregation in our time together, instead we've gone back to an old, old story. A story that most of us heard in Sunday school, a story that most of us know in bits and pieces, a, a story that we've all heard, Jonah and the great big fish, Jonah and the whale, Jonah who, who ran away from God, uh, is known as the reluctant prophet, the prophet who, who God had called and Jonah went, I don't know if I'm ready for what you want from me, God. And so Jonah runs the other way. So Jonah, this reluctant prophet, this, this Hebrew Bible, this Old Testament story, uh, four very short chapters in which there's a lot to unpack and a lot about the human condition that I think is important for us to hear even today, even today in, in the age of COVID, even today in the age of us being apart, even today in an age of transition and newness and a new time uh, together. Even today, in a time of sadness, in a time of frustration, in a time of anger. Now, I think, is as good a time as any to, to dive into a book and see where God was at work for Jonah and where God is at work for us. I'm going to continue uh, throughout my sermon today. I'll, I'm going to talk about myself uh, and, and, and share some information about myself as it comes up, just because um, that is that is how I normally preach. That you'll hear some of my stories, and you'll also hear some of some of the the biblical stories and some of God's stories. Um, but especially because it's the first Sunday, uh, you, it'll be a little bit heavier on my side. Uh, but as we move forward, um, it will be a little bit lighter. I love Jonah because I think in my own personal call story, I'm like Jonah. My call story of, of how God called me to be a pastor is, is something like Jonah where, where God called me and told me to go be a pastor. God called me and told me that, that I need to do this with my life. And I said, no, God, I, I don't know if I want to do that just yet. I don't know if I'm ready for that. I make too much money in my job. I'm, I'm not really ready to take that step and become a pastor and, and leave everything I know behind. Jonah's reluctance was, was just a little bit different. I'm going to share a map up on the screen, and, and I'm going to try to see if I can draw on the map. If I can, I apologize. Um, uh, as always, I'm also still learning this, this whole video editing technology. Um, I'm not as, as proficient as Trey was, uh, but we're going to try a little bit. Now, if we look on this map, we see that Jonah originally came from Gath Hefer over on the right. 
Now we know this from the book 2 Kings uh, chapter 14. It says that the God of Israel spoke through his servant Jonah, son of Amittai, the prophet from Gath Hefer. So Jonah starts in Gath Hefer, where this little A is. That is where he hears the word of God in the very beginning in, in verses 1 and 2. And God says, Jonah, get up and go to Nineveh. Get up and go to, to Assyria. Get up and go to the capital city of Assyria, the, the warring country who's been warring with Israel this whole time. Get up and go to the capital city and preach against them. And so Jonah instead, he makes a run for Tarshish, which is all the way over here at the base of Spain. And he runs to Tarshish, which is the end of the world. Tarshish is as far as you could get in the biblical age. Tarshish may, may actually be poetic to say that Jonah was running for the very end of the earth. He was running as far as he could, that, that he was running to Spain, but he was actually running further from Spain. He's running for Tarshish. He's running to the end of the world with a ship full of, of pagans, a ship full of, of men and, uh, and sailors who do not worship God, who worship their own gods, who worship their own family gods. This, this Jewish man, this, this Jewish um, uh, prophet is told by God to go somewhere, and instead he runs the opposite way. He gets on board a ship with a bunch of pagans, and he runs to the end of the earth instead of going to Nineveh. And we're going to talk about that in chapter 4 in, in a couple of weeks when Jonah says he hates the Ninevites. He hates the Assyrians so much that he would rather go to the end of the world than to go to Nineveh. He hates the Ninevites and the Assyrians so much that he would prefer to die and be thrown over the side of the boat instead of go to Nineveh and go to the Assyrians. That, that Jonah had so much hatred and anger in his heart that he would run away to the very end of the earth to hopefully miss out on what God was, was trying to do. I love that map. I've used that map every time we talk about Jonah. Next week, I'm going to show you an image about Jonah and the fish that I think is very appropriate uh, for the text and very appropriate for, for our conversation. But what I always find interesting is, is how Jonah doesn't just... Jonah doesn't just stay at home. He doesn't just stay in Gath Heifer and, and pretend like he didn't hear what God was calling him. Jonah got onto a boat. He, he went to a port city and then started to take the journey to the very ends of the earth. To go as far in the opposite direction as he could away from God. Jonah got in this boat fully expecting that he would never see his hometown again. Because God was there and God was calling to him to go to Nineveh, to preach against the violence, to preach against the anger and the violence of the Assyrians. These, the, the, this country that had been warring with Israel for, for many uh, decades. This country that would eventually overthrow Israel, would eventually uh, cause them to go into slavery and into a mass exodus out of Israel, the promised land. That Jonah is, is running away from God and running away from Nineveh and running away from his problems. And there, on the way, he runs straight into this, this storm. Straight into the storm. And, and the boat is a very interesting text when we read in chapter 4 and chapter 5. The Lord sent a great wind into the sea. A violent storm arose across that ship, threatening to break it up. 
The sailors threw everything overboard. The sailors cast lots to try to figure out what was happening. The sailors sacrificed animals and offerings to their own personal gods in order to, to try to escape the storm and escape what is happening. And it says in, in verse 5 that Jonah went below deck and had fallen asleep. He went below deck and maybe lulled into a false sense of security because he was going to the end of the earth. He was lulled into this false sense of security and, and fell asleep in such a deep sleep that even a hurricane outside wasn't going to wake him up. And so a captain comes into his room and shakes him awake and says, Get up and start praying to your God because what, we are, what is happening is very soon we are all going to die. And so they cast lots and they try to figure out who is at fault and the lots fall to Jonah. And Jonah calls it as it is. I, I am a Hebrew. I worship the Lord. I worship Yahweh. I worship the God of heaven and I'm running away from him. I am the reason why this storm has come after us. I am the reason why we are about to die. You should throw me overboard to save yourselves. And so in verse 10, the text says this terrified the sailors and they asked Jonah, what have you done? What should we do? What can we do? And Jonah says, throw me overboard and the storm will become calm. In verse 13, as I think a verse that we skip over all the time, instead, the men did their best to row back to land, but they could not, for the sea grew even wilder than before. Jonah sacrifices himself. Jonah says, throw me overboard and God will save you. And instead of throwing them overboard, instead of saving their skin, instead of listening to Jonah and immediately jumping into action, the sailors continue rowing all night continue rowing and, and trying to get out of this, trying to preserve Jonah's life and their own. They had thrown over all the cargo. They had turned around and started going back to, the la to land. They were trying to get out of the storm and, and tried and rowed all night long. But when the, the, in the morning the storm was still battering them and they were exhausted beyond belief, that is when they pray to God and they say, God, we are sorry for what we are doing. We don't want to kill this man, but we think it has something to do with, with you. We think it has something to do with what he has done. We think that, that this is what we are supposed to do. And so they pick Jonah up and they throw him overboard. And as soon as Jonah touches the water, the storm stops. The storm stops and, and these peasant, or these uh, pagans are, are immediately overcome with a devotion and a, and a willingness to worship God. And, they start to worship God and to, to pray to God and to sacrifice to God. And God sends a fish to swallow up Jonah. I'm originally from Ocean City, New Jersey. Uh, it's about an hour east of us, right on the Jersey Shore. I have rode out many hurricanes, nor'easters, massive storms that you see coming from miles away. The hurricane sirens going off telling us to evacuate the island. I understand the, the, the power and the strength of a storm that is coming, especially a storm that is, is as relentless as this storm, especially a storm that God had sent specifically to get Jonah's attention, 
a, a storm that, that we could row all night long trying to get our way out of it, and, and we find that we cannot. And so in the morning, we throw up our hands and we say, I don't know what else I'm supposed to do. Jonah was running from God. He was running from Nineveh and running from this, this mission or this assignment that God had given him. We're going to talk more about what that means and, and what his mission was and how Jonah succeeds in his mission and, and why he ran away in the first place. But what I find interesting and what I find applicable today is this idea of the storm that follows Jonah. This storm that follows Jonah to the very ends of the earth. The storm that follows Jonah because God is relentless. But not relentless and murderous. God wasn't trying to kill Jonah. God wasn't trying to, to exact revenge on Jonah. God wasn't upset with Jonah that Jonah ran away from him even though God had given him a mission. Instead, God was relentlessly following Jonah because he knew that Jonah's heart could change. He knew that Jonah's heart could change when he looks around at a couple of pagans, when he looks around at, at these sailors who may very well have been Assyrians or may have been Ninevites. But he looks around at these men and says, it is my fault you're about to die, and that's not fair. You should throw me over instead. God relentlessly pursues Jonah because Jonah has compassion and love, even if it's hidden under layers and layers and layers of hatred. But Jonah still can be redeemed and can only be redeemed through God. And we're going to see how Jonah is redeemed in the next couple of chapters. We're going to see how Jonah fights with God and yells at God and, 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 and really calls God some names and, and yells at him in the way that Job yells at God. Jonah is going to attack God. And God answers in, in one of my favorite ways. God says, do you do well to be angry? Is it right for you to be angry, Jonah? You don't know what you're talking about, Jonah. But I'm getting ahead of myself. We're not there yet. That is coming. Instead, we are focusing on this storm because God is relentlessly following Jonah. God is relentlessly following us. Friends, I ran away from being a pastor for a long time. I had many excuses why I didn't want to be a pastor. I wanted to be married first. I wanted uh, to, to pay off my student loans first. I wanted to continue working in my career. I wanted to continue working with computers and and information technology. I was, I was making a lot of money. I was living with my family. I was, I was really enjoying life for the first time. But God was still relentlessly pursuing me, relentlessly looking at me and saying, no, Jesse, you're going the wrong way. You're going the wrong way. Turn around and, and run toward me. In the children's message, we talked about red light, green light, that, that children's game where you stand on one side of the building and and you yell out red light, you yell out green light, and the kids start running to you. And then you yell out red light, and they stop. But instead, I was turned around, and when God said green light, I was running the wrong way. I was running to the very end of the field, running to the end of the building, running away from God. And thankfully, God was relentlessly pursuing me. Thankfully, God was relentlessly coming after me. And so I wonder... What would it look like in our lives if we turned toward God? 
How far are we willing to go toward God? Are we willing to get out of our comfort zones? Are we willing to, to move to a completely different town and a completely different people? Are we willing to, to listen to what God is saying, even if it means to, to, to die to our former selves? Even if it means to stop and, and to put away our sins, even if it means to stop and, and, and to stop the sins that are systemic and, and to stop the, the sins of racism and classism and ageism. What is it willing to, to go as far as God is willing to, to send us and to listen to what God is telling us? Jonah had it easy in verse 1 and verse 2. It says, the word of the Lord came to Jonah and said, get up and go and go to Nineveh. I don't know if our calls are ever that clear. I don't know if we've been told, get up and start feeding people. Get up and start helping people. Get up and rebuild a sanctuary. Get up and get to work. I don't know if we hear the word of God that closely sometimes. But if we do, I think we need to get up and go because God is relentless. God is relentless and God loves us and, and God wants to continue to find us and continue to work on us and continue to grace, uh, uh, to gift us with his grace and his presence. God continues to, to want us to be better, to want us to better ourselves, to want us to be better um, and to further his cause. I think we can follow God. I think we can go as far as God wants us because even if we get caught in a storm, even if we get caught in a hurricane, even if we get caught miles offshore in a boat and we cannot paddle back to shore, God is still there and is ready to catch us. In verse 17, it says, The Lord provided for a great fish to swallow Jonah. Provided a great fish to swallow Jonah. And we're going to talk all about that next week. Because I think that is a is an entire week's worth of text. And we're going to look at Jonah's prayer in chapter 2. But really we're focusing on verse 17. Because what does it mean when God sends a fish to swallow us up? What does it mean when, when God relentlessly pursues us. And then catches us once we hit the point of saying throw us overboard. Throw us overboard. It's my fault for not listening to God. What, what does that look like for you this week? And so this week, I, I want each and every one of us to, to spend a couple of minutes and, and try to listen for the word of God. Try to listen to what God is calling us to do. And, and how are we running away from God? And how are we running to God? I want us to think about that this week. And, and as we start working together and as we start um, worshiping together and, and, and as we start learning uh, about one another, I hope that you will share with me what God is calling you to do. Because I know God is calling each and every one of us to do something. To listen to his commands, to listen to what he is telling us, and maybe it's to do something a little bit different. Maybe God's calling us to do something that's just out of our comfort zone, and instead we need to, we need to look and we need to, to move forward just a little bit more. And so whatever that is, I really hope that, that you reach out. And, and as, we, as we meet, as we are uh, getting to know one another, please share with me what you think God is calling you to. Because I'd love to learn more about you and learn what God has in store for you. Just as I'm, I'm excited to learn what God has in store for Marlton United Methodist Church. What God has in store for my time here and my ministry here with all of you. I'm excited and, and cannot wait and 
And maybe we're in the midst of a storm right now, and maybe we're in the midst of the belly of the fish, but we won't stay here forever. Like Jonah, we'll see at the, the end of next week, we'll get up and we'll head toward Nineveh. Let us pray. Gracious and Holy Father, thank you. Lord, thank you for your relentless love. Thank you for your relentless calling. Thank you for the way that you are relentlessly pursuing us. Lord, we may be like Jonah. We may be reluctant. We may be pushy. We may say, I don't know if I'm ready for that. And we just ask that you continue to give us strength, that you continue to give us assurance, that you continue to relentlessly pursue us that we may understand who you are, that we may understand the call that you have placed on our lives, that we may look toward you and know that we are loved. Lord, bless each and every one of us today. Bless us this week. Continue to keep us healthy. Be with all those in our congregation and all those in our community, our friends and our families, all those in this world, Lord, that need your presence that require the Holy Spirit to abide within us and the Holy Spirit to live within us, that the Holy Spirit may enable us to get up and to run toward Nineveh. May get up and, and to lead us wherever you are calling us, that we may go as far as you want us to go. Lord, bless us this day. We pray all these things in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ, who taught us to pray, saying, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen.